Welcome back to the Blues on Parade podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Today we'll be doing two separate episodes. Um, this episode, if you're listening, we're going to be recapping this crazy day of outgoing transfers and just general roundup of uh, the latest transfer news. And in our second episode, which we'll record after this, a really fun idea. Shout out to Andreas for thinking of this. We are going to do a draft, a snake draft for all of you non-Americans out there. It's just a regular draft. Um, and we're going to be drafting our all-time Chelsea 11 under the Roman Abramovich era. Or let's just say post-Roman Abramovich era, like since he bought the team. Um, if we want to count one year of last year. But uh, I am uh, I'm joined in person, actually, um, by my good friend Zach. He took me out to... Uh, he's uh, actually... Are you killing a bug right now? Okay, yeah, so Zach got up to go kill a bug. That's that's hospitality right there. What a gentleman. Um, speaking of hospitality, he took me out to dinner um, for my birthday, a late birthday dinner. So thank you, Zach, for that. We had a couple uh, shots of sake. We're feeling good, feeling loose. Oh, yeah, baby. Some uh, spicy yellowtail with scallions. Mm. It's a good thing we live like two minutes away from each other. And it's unfortunately Andreas, our third co-host, all the way in Texas. I don't know if you can hear this loud ass uh, motor behind us. Sons of Anarchy are driving, right? right? Yeah, thank you. Apologies for that. But Andreas, how many miles away do you live from us? Do you know off the top of your head? <laughs> I don't know. Let's. Uh, nothing a Google quick Google search can't fix. But yeah, so uh, Houston to Los Angeles, however far that is. Um, that's how long it'll take us to see you, which is not as convenient as me just going over to Zach's house. But hey, um, let's. Uh, if you if you start walking now, you might get there. By the time you get there, we might be in a Champions League. Oh, <laughs> well, I thought you were gonna say Andreas is gonna go find out how far away. <laughs> what is uh, it five hundred something? Fifteen hundred miles, boys. Fifteen hundred miles. miles. All right. So as I mentioned, we're gonna go over transfer news, um, starting off with. The, we'll call it the Saudi Hall. Um, all in all, today, I mean, these deals are, I think, here we go confirmed and like pretty much on the verge of being done, um, but not official. But we made nearly 150 million pounds in one day. Um, Khaldu Kulabali to Saudi Arabia, Al Hilal, 20 million. Hakim Ziyech to Al Nasser, 7 million. Edward Mendy to Al. Ali, 20 million. Mateo Kovacic to Man City, um, 30 million. And then reportedly Kai Havertz to Arsenal for 65 million. Um, we'll talk about Kai Havertz more in depth afterwards. We've already talked a little bit about the Kovacic deal. Um, I think this was just like a long time coming. But the other three, Kulabali, Ziyech, Mendy, um, the Saudis really did us a favor there, huh, Zach? Yeah, I mean, we didn't mention Conte because um, oh, right. there's no there's no transfer fee associated with him because he's on a free. But again, I mean, that's 
how much off of our wage bill. Um, and then you add, you know, I mentioned it last episode, if, if anyone is listening now that was listening then, you know, Koulibaly's on damn near close to 300000 a week. So the fact that he's about to be moved clears up a lot of, uh, fi- of the financial burden that his salary, um, you know, causes. So um, all in all, it's good business for us. Now, look, like I know there's a lot of criticism surrounding the whole Saudi thing and, you know, people raising the question of maybe some funny business going on between Chelsea and the Saudis. I know Sam could speak a little bit more to that in a bit. We were talking about it at dinner. Um, he could talk about the legalities of things and why it's a bunch of nonsense. But who would have thought that a bunch of Muslim players would like to go play in a Muslim country, Sam, for a lot of money? <laughs> That's it's, the it's, angle it's, we're taking, It's guys. a crazy thought that these people who practice a very specific religion would want to move to a country that practices that religion. Yeah, the Mecca of Islam, some people would say. And what well, actually them- is Mecca millions of dollars a year to kick a ball for fun but in front of a majority muslim audience i but, mean but it it doesn't make sense but but, but also but besides that guys it doesn't make sense. like also to me, cut this is price a, 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 yeah cut price as well it's none of it's these guys a, are on inflated on an inflated transfer fee ruben neves the one non-muslim guy that got sold today 55 million but wolves yeah. not investigated Bernardo Silva or, apparently might be on his way there too. Um, nothing official as of yet, but or I mean, could, if we really want to get into the conspiracy though. theories, the fact that Newcastle may get Ruben Neves on a two-year loan when they're actually owned by PIF. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about that, that is something you need to look at. But yeah, I mean, who would have thought that players agreeing to a transfer could be so so full of? issues you know it clubs need to agree the player also needs to agree nobody forced these guys and their families to go there they're going willingly look there is there was a lot of misinformation and misunderstanding of how private equity firms work like going on on twitter obviously like this is this is my line of work this is what i do for my job um and like I think people were concerned, and I thought it was a legitimate concern that maybe the you know PIF had ownership in Clear Lake Capital, so it's in their best interest to make sure they don't fail on this, even though it's like, what, they're going to fail after one year? But um, yeah, I mean, they, they just have investments in their, you know, like their investment vehicles, Clear Lake Capital. They're like separate entities. And these entities are made up of like hundreds of limited partners. No, no uh, single limited partner has more than a 5% stake in these investment vehicles. So like to say that PIF has any sort of control or major, you know, like financial interest in clearly and seeing clearly capital could uh, succeed. I mean, they make such a small portion of all of the funds that they have pooled to make these, you know, massive purchases of whatever they do um so it's i think it, i think it was a miss it was misinformation people don't understand it it's complex i understand but for me i think i'm like convinced 100 percent that this is it's all a nothing burger the whole conspiracy theory whatever but i hope uh that shed a little bit more light for people who aren't as familiar with it I, the, the athletic wrote a really good article explaining it they interviewed a lot of like private equity firm managers and they pretty much all said like they you know they they all vouched for clear lake even though they're it clear lake is their company. 
pretty much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's let's talk Kai Havertz. Okay, if you told me like two months ago that we would get Kai Havertz for sixty-five million pounds, sorry, not even two months ago, like three weeks ago, <laughs> I would have I would have said yes with, before even the words finished coming out of your. Um, Kai, I mean, Arsenal willing to pay, I think it was more than 60 million pounds. Um, so the final fees is actually going to be 67.5 with add ups up to 70 million pounds. Like, we're only taking like what, like a five, 10 million pound loss over a guy who has played on our team for three years. People will say, and Arsenal fans will definitely say, Oh, didn't uh, everyone on your team look bad last year? Like, of course, Kai Havertz is going to look bad. Kai Havertz has been average for three years in a row, but I still have like feeling deep down inside that maybe like I don't know. He could ball out. I have no idea, Zach. Like, it, like what? I'm scared. I have no idea how it's going to turn out. Andres, yeah, I. I think it's irrelevant whether he balls out or not. I think the fact that we won a Champions League with him and he's probably going to go to Arsenal and not win a Champions League for $65 million is more for me. Like He can look silky and he can get maybe a couple more goals or whatever. As of today, before we see him step foot on the pitch for Arsenal, he is a backup to Odegaard and he's a backup to Gabriel Jesus until proven otherwise. Let's see if... Go ahead. I just think they could run some formations where they have two strikers. Maybe they can, or they can both play Jesus and um, Kai Havertz. They could play with two eights with him and Odegaard playing kind of like an attacking, um, like midfielder role. And I mean, I think there's, there is, I know you're saying that those two, and he's probably not going to be like a starter every match, but I think there yeah. is stuff that they can do to fit all of them on the pitch. So it's not going to be that much. Like, yeah. like they're not going to pay 65 million for a backup, right? I agree well, with that. I agree well, with listen, that. My, I'm going to play devil's I, advocate. Go for it, Zach. And, and allow me to interject. But, you know, we made the same criticism about Man City years ago when they were going around spending 50, 60 million on players that would just wind up on their bench anyways. Yeah. Arteta was there witnessing all of that. He was part of Pep's staff so he knows more than anybody how important it is to have squad depth and they're losing a lot of squad make... depth this summer yeah i mean City. i know they're losing uh well no no i'm talking about arsenal i know I'm but i'm about, saying like they're gonna compounding lose... it yeah man city is also losing depth so yeah. arsenal adding depth is going to you know like and it shifted i think a little bit closer i mean we already saw them start to make the legwork last season when they went after uh what's his face the belgian kid trossard, mm-hmm. trossard. right it was a really good signing for them and now I think just adding Kai Havertz sort of just pads their attacking, you know, side of things a little bit. And look, squad depth is important, especially if you're going into next season in your arsenal. It, if you're Mikel Arteta, you're saying, okay, we're going to challenge for a Premier League title and we want to make a decent run in the Champions League. I need 22 to 24 players to do that. So it makes sense. It doesn't, it's not crazy that they're spending this kind of money on him. The thing for me for us. is, yeah, it's great for us because we're, recu- we're, 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 we're recouping a lot of the fee. But the thing for me is, yeah, like I am going back and forth in my head of, you know what, what if he goes to Arsenal and bangs? Like what if Arteta just figures it out and, 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 and pulls off some wizardry and gets something out of Kai? Well, 
If that's the case, then so be it. I mean, I'm at the point oh where my God. I'd be so, so was, be it. I'd be no, so butthurt. I would be so butthurt. Listen, I'd be butthurt just because I'm not a fan of Kai. But like, I'm sort of in the same boat as Andres here, where it's like, I mean, he's been here three, four years. It didn't really work out. It's never gonna work out at this point. I think that ship right. was sailed a long time ago. No, and, yeah, I won't. And yeah. you know, the the fact that we're selling him to Arsenal, yeah, I would prefer if we didn't sell him to a team that we fucking hate or a team that we consider our direct rival. But if they're the only team willing to pay $65 million, then we have to do it. Like, what the fuck are the, Bayern doing? Why are they sitting around doing nothing? Bayern, Bayern, they, don't, they don't Bayern spend, spend big. big. Yeah, that's the thing. It's $65 million. They, they, they spend, spend more on fucking... Bro, they get Guerrero. They're getting Rafael Guerrero for free, a guy that actually balled out for Dortmund. Like, they're, I think, they're I not... think what's happening with Bayern, I think they're just... They also sort of... don't have a DOF right now. They fired their whole fucking board. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know what's going to happen with them. But. My, my big thing is simple. It's like we got the Champions League with him. We basically squeezed every ounce of juice out of this fruit. Like Kai Havertz is not going to lead the front line of, the, of Chelsea. He's not adapting to his role at all because playing at the middle of the front three was something he stepped into within months, of, within weeks of Tuchel coming in. So it's not like we just put him there last season. And there right, was no growth. And, there was and, and no all growth. The other, and all the other players that we're selling are sure things. Like, I think out of all these players, Kai Havertz is maybe the one where you look at his situation and where he's going and go, okay, it might not work out. Kovacic is going to be awesome at City. He's pretty much a like-for-like like with Gundogan minus the goals. And I'm okay with that. And, 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 I'm okay. and that's fine. He was, he's, he's approaching his 30s. He had already down-tooled the fa- whenever we were out of Champions League. That's fine. The one thing yeah, with Havertz is like, yes, he's 23 and like it's so easy to, to point like, oh, we sold Salah and we regretted it. We sold KDB and we regretted it. But like Sam said, yeah, he was here same. three years. Salah yeah. and KDB were sold before we even saw one them manager. consistently be given minutes. Yeah, they probably played like Kai Havertz. <laughs> Kai Havertz was given a thousand more minutes than, than the next attacker who was Sterling. And Sterling still scored nine goals just like Kai Havertz. And Sterling did not take penalties. So yeah. like, and and we all agree Sterling was also a disappointment this year. So like, if he does go and ball out, or if he does go and play in a double eight, number one, props to Arteta. Like we hate Arsenal, but props to him. And then fuck man, Declan Rice, if he does sign for Arsenal, must be the fucking Terminator at DM if he's gonna have Odegaard and Kai Havertz flanking <laughs> him, and that system still works. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's like. I get it, but you're you're talking. You guys talked about like oh, like sixty five million for depth. Havertz has the same exact or not exact, very similar numbers to Eddie and Ketia, who's already there. Uh, listen, What's the I'm difference? Not, I'm I'm not I'm not arguing if it's a if it's if he's going to go there and bang or not. I'm just saying I see the logic in what Arteta's doing. Like the same thing um, happened at City when he was an assistant there. They were going out and they were spending you know fifty sixty million for guys that would wind up on the bench. Like they went out yeah, and bought we'll Mars see. for fifty million, and he didn't start right off the bat. They went out mm-hmm. and bought Grealish for a hundred million, and he didn't start right off the bat. You know, there, there's like, I mean, Pep, Pep has the trophies to back up his madness. Yeah, yeah that's I know. The I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. but that's beside the point. Yeah, it is. But that is a great point too, though. Yeah, um, I don't know. I for me, this like, could bite Arsenal in the ass. And and one last thing, of course, like, and more, being petty I think, here. This I think, is the riskiest transfer. I, no, I think it's more likely. Like it's more likely that it turns out poorly for Arsenal than it does like 
being like a, right. a, a, an awesome song. Let's let just to kind of put a cap a lid on this conversation so we could move mm-hmm. on. On a scale to ten, how worried are we that Kai's gonna bang at Arsenal? I'm at a six. Yeah, I would say like five. Five six. Honestly. Like the possibilities there, but I just don't. I That's don't see it's more likely that I, it's I, not I, a. It's not this like revolutionary signing. I don't think sixty-five mm-hmm. million is the value they're going to get in return on the pitch. It's not the same type of of purchase. Like I was comparing it to City. It's not the same type of purchase as City going and buying Player of the Season Mares, or going out and buying Jack Grealish, or Chelsea buying and probably the best English player not on a top four side. You know, he's they're just buying a very silky luxury player that. Picks and chooses when the fuck he wants to care. Putting it this yep. way, Mesut Ozil didn't win them a Premier League. Why would a B-Tech Mesut Ozil win them the Premier League now? <laughs> Alright, let's move on. Fuck. I'm, I'm happy he's gone. I hope, I pray to God, <laughs> the trend of Arsenal, like players leaving Chelsea yes. for Arsenal continue. We Let's do it. Retirement um, home. Alright, this Next topic. Actually, the next two topics are going to get me real worked up, I think. Um, if this Kai Havertz topic didn't get me worked up enough. Mason Mount. Um, the relationship between Chelsea and Mason Mount is completely broken. It's at the point of no return. And, I'm, and I don't think I'm being, like, obtuse about this. Like, mm. all the reports are coming out that Mason Mount has no intention to sign a new contract. Um, United is making bids. He wants to go. I mean, obviously, he already agreed to personal terms. Um, United, they submitted another forty-five million pound bid plus five million um, add-ons, and um, our counter was sixty plus five. Um, so it's probably going to be around the sixty plus, um, I think, area. So. Um, I guess I'll start off, Zach, just like a basic question. Is it good business, like, to sell him for 65 on an expiring? It's good business. From a from purely business, financial okay. standpoint. Now that we have that out of the way, let's, let's get, let's get, like, emotional. What, like, are you Emotion- mad? Emotionally, <laughs> the last time I was this frustrated that a player was leaving was probably Juan Mata um, just from a, a fanboy perspective in terms of how much I actually love the player here's the thing the you know I mentioned the Kai Havertz deal and how you know there's like a 50-50 chance of whether or not he'll bang at Arsenal the Kovacic thing like yeah he'll go to City he's not going to score goals he's not going to get that many he's just going to sort of be another cog in the, mm-hmm. in, the in the machine right if Mason Mount goes to Manchester United under Eric Tenha, who, by the way, has been keeping his eye on him since his day, since Mount was on loan at Vitesse, mm-hmm. we will regret it. A million percent, will, we will regret it. I was talking to my brother today, who's a big Manchester United fan, and and you know he's he doesn't follow football as closely as I do. He's not checking the transfer rumors every day. You know he's a grown up. He doesn't have the time for that, but. I was just kind of giving him the, 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 the lowdown today about the Mason Mount situation and why it's gotten to the point it's gotten to. And the consensus that I came up with was that, all in all, Mason Mount's going to be your favorite player on Manchester United. That's the only way I could dis- that, that I could describe this guy. I think the things that Ten Hag could do with him, 
the positions he could deploy him in. I mean, he could basically play five different positions in that system. Um, so it worries me a bit that we're selling him to Man United. It worries me that he's pushing to go to Man United. It means that you know he's already sort of formed some sort of a bond bitch. or relationship with somebody there. <laughs> I like your your use of uh, your, your vocabulary on dress. What did he say? I'll get to it in a second. He said a bitch. Oh, a bitch. <laughs> but here's the thing. You know, I remember listening to this Mason Mount interview. Well, it's actually his dad with uh, the Ch- the Chelsea fan cast right after we won the Champions League. Yeah. And I remember his dad talking about how he was a Portsmouth fan and how you know Mason's oh, dream was always was always to finish his career and play for Portsmouth at one day. You know, hopefully that they'll move up in the, from the lower leagues into the Championship or Premier League and he'll play there and blah blah blah. Come on. And I kind of brushed that under the rug at the time, thinking like, you know what? Like, I get it, you know, these guys do have hometown teams, but, you know, ultimately he has to be a Chelsea fan, right? And I kind of brushed it under the rug. And now looking back, I'm thinking, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I did kind of have an inkling even back then that the, even the way Mason Mount's dad was talking, he wasn't planting both feet firmly in the sand saying he's going to be a Chelsea player the rest of his career. You know, and guys like Reese James are going out and saying that right off the bat. So... That's where that's where my frustration is with him. I feel like we were uh, cucked a little bit, <laughs> for lack of a better like word. It. And uh, now we're just literally we're gonna watch him go make sweet love to Man United. I mean, we are cucks. That's the definition of a cuck. Yeah, so we're gonna watch them. Yeah, we're gonna watch our man get yeah fucking other man united. <laughs> <laughs> Two men uniting. <laughs> After I said we're gonna watch a man, I was Spirit like, oh. of Pride Month. I love yeah. it. Yeah, we're, we're gonna hey. like it. We're gonna watch it, and we're gonna like it. <laughs> Listen, we'll see. It's it's it, it pisses. I mean, let's just we'll leave it at that. Well, Zach, you said that we'll regret it. No, I don't regret selling him. I think that Mason Mount is the like whatever the equivalent of Fairweather fan is, but when it's from the players' side of things, like this just goes to show me that he was like. Just had good PR while he was here. That everything he said to me is is bullshit because he could have stayed in the negotiating table, gotten the contract, and then you spin the story to blame the owners for almost fucking it up. Like I think the money would have come if he stayed a little longer. He had like, the leverage get, in that. Potch, Potch wanted him way. to stay. Potch yeah. wanted him to stay. Potch was going to use him. So for him to just be so willy-nilly going to United the first season he doesn't have Champions League at Chelsea goes to show everything we need to know. He's 24, right? Not even 25. 25 Okay, he just turned 25. He could have had one season and proven his level by bringing Chelsea back. But instead, he's going to go get paid buku money because apparently United's about to pay Rashford almost 500k a week. So, like... The little boy that everybody is talking about, the boy who loved the club, bullshit. It's not true. I don't buy it anymore. He could have cemented his place. Chilwell, who came here far later, said, fuck City, fuck everything I'm extending when we were already not qualifying for Champions League. That's the sort of action that tells me you're, quote unquote, proper Chels. And the one chance Mount truly had to prove he's proper Chels, he jumped shit. So no, I'm not going to regret selling him, even though I know he's going to do well at United because he's a fucking workhorse. I just I'm indifferent about the guy now. He's a quality number eight. 60 if, if United do end up paying the 60 plus million, I'm glad Chelsea held firm 
in the position and fuck him for closing the door altogether. Cause for all we know, like this could be a totally different situation at the club a year from now. And who knows, maybe he will be the one regretting leaving. I, for me, I, I have zero regrets selling him after the, the way they I want to say something. I want to say something just kind of like, and I'm not just playing devil's advocate, but I truly feel this way. And I mentioned this, I think on our last episode that it, it's a two-way street. Mason Mount, you know, like you're you're you are um, commending Chelsea for staying firm and saying we want this price. We're not going to give him up until we get this price. And like for the team, that's a commendable thing. But for Mason Mount to you know be firm and say this is what I think I'm worth, and for Chelsea to not you know, meet that valuation, like, it's not like a, you know, a hostage situation where it's like, you know, Mason Mount has to love Chelsea no matter what, like, you know, like, you can get wronged, you can get fucked over and feel differently about the club. To say that, like, oh, he had good PR, everything he said in the past about loving Chelsea was a lie, like, at that point in time, 100%, he was true Chelsea. The team and him were on the same page. You're talking about Reese James. He got paid way earlier than Mason Mount did. He never had to play with like a year left on his contract. Or maybe I'm wrong about that. Did he get his extension but, during Abramovich era? Yeah, he no, got he didn't. Year. No, he didn't. He, he got, got it this the, the fall, the fall of so Bowley. They so, were so negotiating the at the same time. So he got yeah, similar Mount. contract terms that Mount did, where he offers him okay. a base wage with incentives. So there you go. I mean, that's that's another thing. Like. You were negotiating similar terms between him and Reese James, and the team gave it to Reese James, and they didn't give it to Mount. Like, I, dude, like Reese James is our best player. I understand. Okay, look, that is beside the point. The point is that Mason Mount, to say that Mason Mount is not true blue because he didn't make the sacrifice and take less money because he wants to play for Chelsea, like. I understand the side of like knowing your worth, knowing that you, you know, like if Man United is willing to pay him what he wants. And I think maybe at this point, it's not even about the money because it's gotten to the point like, you know, maybe now Chelsea would be willing to match it. But I think it's gone to the point of no return because here they had their opportunities and it's a fractured relationship. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a lot more complex than just saying, fuck Mason Mount. Like that guy is not proper Chelsea. He never believed that he's 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 a Portsmouth fan. He's not a Chelsea fan. No, nah, like, the, the Portsmouth thing doesn't. Him. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like, the, exactly. the, it's, it's, it's just you know, it's just he it, meant he. We talked about it at dinner too. It's just, yeah, but, 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 but let's. But back. Zach's being emotional because Zach also said he was going to be the Chelsea captain for the next ten I'm years. Always emotional. Yeah. When am I not? But so but the last thing I was is like the the stories came out that like. At one point, was Stanley fucked the negotiations up in the fall? Bowley came back in the table before the World Cup and tried to correct the wrongs. Like sure. it, it, and, and then at the end of this season, if anything we've seen from the ownership is that they've owned up to their mistakes. Like they literally didn't raise season ticket prices. Like every little, not much, but everything they've come out and said is like we fucked up season one. Like they've come back and said. Firing Tuchel when they did was a bad idea. Like, like the the summer transfer with Bowley in charge was a bad idea. Like all these things have happened, 
I find it hard to believe that the ownership didn't try to get down on their knees and sorry to keep the, the metaphors of men on their knees and all this going, but like, I don't see a, I don't see a, a scenario where they didn't, somebody didn't try to go to Mason and be like, look, man, we did fuck up and we hurt your feelings and all that. And then potch on top of that, a fresh face to come in and immediately try to reach out and say, I want you, I want you, I want you. Sorry about the owners. We'll get that situated. I'll prove to like, that's the part where I'm thinking, can you really be that upset to throw it away to go to United? Or is it simply that at 25, you want to play champions league and that's yeah, it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to jump ship for Saudi. one year. <laughs> well, I mean, it's about to be Saudi. You know who doesn't Qatar, want to, yeah. but, hey, you know who doesn't want to play in Saudi? Lakaka. <laughs> Lakaka. This guy thinks he's the, too good to play in Saudi Arabia. One piece of shit to the next. Dude, he is some. Didn't you hear? Pep thanked him for making him a treble winner. He is the reason. <laughs> that was Pep cool. is a treble was, winner. He said he, he, yeah, he said he wanted trouble because somebody uh, missed the from other, five yards uh, out. Yeah. A striker and, missed from and, three yards out. Yeah. And saved a goal too um, for City. So this guy, okay, it's officially gotten to the point where Lukaku has solidified himself as my least favorite, I don't know if athlete, probably soccer player of all time. I hate this guy. Fuck him. Fuck Inter Milan, those cheap yep. We gave them 90 million for this bum. And they want... Uh, what they, one of you guys Another said loan. Like, a second loan. Yeah, but like... A, a specta- <laughs> oh, they have a spectacular idea. No, that that's, go by. that was AC Milan. That, but but no but no there's a joke was like Inter Milan oh. offered like a like a fucking plate of spaghetti and like <laughs> three linguines with oil and, and pepperoncini yeah they were fucking outraged that we didn't accept that deal those fucking cheapskates bro and now uh, Saudi Arabia were willing I, th- I think the number was close to sixty million pounds which is the remaining of the transfer that. fee. Like that's the remaining value of the fee that we Literally would still owe fairest, Inter. It's the fairest possible price we can get. Yep. Uh, Fab, understand that so this is from Fab on Twitter. Understand that there are no changes at this stage around Lukaku's position. He has no intention of joining Saudi clubs, as he's already communicated on Monday. Both Saudi clubs and Chelsea insist to convince Romelu, but nothing changed on the player side as of today. Like, and news came out late today, like not too long ago. I don't know how reliable this guy is, but what was what was it that they had this fantastic idea? Spectacular, they spectacular said idea to maybe pay forty million for Lukaku. I mean, look, he probably would be AC AC Milan. Sorry, oh, AC um, Milan. Okay, yeah, AC Milan. So um, they, that, I think that would be a great fit for him, obviously, um, <laughs> but. I think at this point I'd take that forty million. Like I do not want this guy on For my sure. squad anymore. I'm done. It's, it's the easiest sell to him because I mean he's already a traitor. So <laughs> to get him to go to Inter to AC would be like it would be the easiest conversation you could ever have with him. Listen, yeah, he's buying in. Immediately. Listen, don't overthink this decision. Just be yourself. That's all you have to tell him in this <laughs> fucking negotiation. Fucking bum. 
Could we move on? I don't, I don't want to talk about him. His no, one last thing. Did you see the, the interview where he came out like and said that he feels he's being treated unfairly by Chelsea? Fuck the off. The team Fuck that has off. a co- – he has a contract with Chelsea. He spoke poorly of his employers, and he now hopes that lawyering up, because apparently he's lawyering up and coming to speak to Chelsea, thinking that that's going to change anything. I can't wait for Bowley just to show him where the reserve locker room is. And tell him that that's where he's gonna rot for the rest of his career. Well, Lukaku's gonna hire one lawyer. How many lawyers does this Clear Lake have? <laughs> <laughs> they have a whole team in house, and they have outside counsel. Go for it, big Grom, big dummy. And no, of course, gonna... and with conspiracy theorists, also Saudi money behind these lawyers. Good <laughs> luck, buddy. Dude, this. Yeah, I'm. I'm so over him. Get the fuck out of here. I, that's it. All right. We'll, buy out we'll, your contract. Buy it out. You rich dude that it, yeah. loves Inter. Buy your own contract out. Figure I it out. Meg the Stallion does something to like ruin his life. Like she pulls a she pokes a hole in the condom or something. <laughs> no, like the girl who's like <laughs> that would be a win for Lukaku. What are you talking about the one? The one who's uh, ruining Zion oh, Williamson's yeah, life right face? now. That that porn star. Yeah. yeah, I hope she pulls one of those Lukaku and just completely <laughs> ruins his life. Um, he deserves it way more than Zion Williamson, that's for sure. Um, all right, last bit of transfer news. I think the most like it's it's been quiet on all fronts, but um, there's two players in particular. Um, we'll just quickly mention Nicholas Jackson, um, striker from Valencia, right? Villarreal. Villarreal. He was one of the V's. Um, so apparently, his entourage. Nicholas Jackson's entourage is flying to London to finalize the details with Chelsea on personal terms. Um, however, um, I think the rele- he has a release clause of £30 million. Um, if, I think now what is being discussed is whether Chelsea is going to pay the release clause in installments. Um, and if they're going to do that, via Real is going to want um, you know, some additional power. The future of the player, probably, you know, Sell on clause, whatever. Um, so that I mean, it, he's not the striker that we were hoping for, right? I mean, like, is anyone? It's, are any of you guys like hyped about this? I'm not. I'm like, it's cool, but it's just like we have two young strikers that we don't know much about. Like, I was hoping to get someone ready-made. Yeah, yeah, that was my thought about it too. It's like. On paper, it looks like a good signing. I mean, thirty million for somebody with a huge upside. I almost want to say somebody that's unproven, but I mean, given the time that he has been afforded so far, the numbers pretty much speak for themselves. The guy produces, uh, right? He scores goals. He gets assists. Small, small sample size. It, but that's the worry, right? Like it's a really small sample size. So, I mean, how many players have we seen come in in a short period of time, of put up freak numbers, and then? be a dud the rest of the season. I mean, I can yeah. think of most recently Alvaro Morata, the hat trick against Stoke, and then absolutely nothing for the rest of the season. So it's like, on one hand, yes, the signings, the profile of the player is great. I think the upside is there. The investment side of things is there. But I I, I was really hoping that we would go after somebody that actually has the proven track record, you know, over the period of at least two or three seasons of proven goal scoring, like a 
like a Vlahovic type of player, sure. or I know Osiman's never happening, but you know somebody of that ilk that has proven that they can score fifteen plus goals in the top five European league. Not saying Nicholas Jackson can't, but he just he hasn't yet, and that's the part of the deal that's making me a little worried. Mm-hmm. I, I I just think we were never going to be able to get that. We don't have Champions League, we don't have Europa League. Like that caliber player needs to have that extra incentive. Uh, so to me, getting this guy, it, it's it's one of those things where I think we have a solid defense, regardless of who our keeper is. Like our back line is, is one of the best in the league. Our midfield situation seems to be getting fixed and we have enough of like a mix of nuance and talent to where under Poch, those guys can figure it out. I honestly think striker is the one place where with playing one time a week, it can be coached up. These guys are young guys that aren't going to have attitude, like whether it's Jackson or Broja. You have a year to figure out if they're the guy. So investing $30 million and you have him and Broja fighting it out for a number one spot, both extremely motivated to prove that they can be the Chelsea guy. And, and as long as they're coachable, I don't see this as a bad move. I think striker is the one position where making sure you're sticking to what the coach wants you to do is enough to succeed, making the right runs, uh, looking for the right combinations, and then just making sure you're tapping it in. So to me, it's like a low risk, high reward because 30 million in today's market is absolutely nothing. Like we'll get that money back whether he bangs or not. So that's just my two cents. I, I, I don't mind this signing at all. Yeah, well, it just doesn't excite me. We'll see. I mean, it doesn't. You're knows? right. Who knows? Broja might be the answer. Nicholas Jackson. The, the striker the market is in. It's Who inflated knows? in price, and there's not that many players. Yeah. Like everyone else is 80 million or above, and and they're right. not PL proven. Yeah, and it just sucks because that just means we're gonna go another season without a striker. I mean, potentially. Maybe, yeah, exactly. Potentially. Who knows? But looking likely, that's gonna be the case. Uh, you talked about help in the midfield. The last player we're gonna talk about. Um, Caicedo. So this has been something that we've been talking about for a while. Um, there hasn't been a lot reported in the last couple of days, but we are in the lead from all you know reports. Eighty million, uh, around the eighty million pounds. That's the asking price. Um, they Brighton is insistent. They want Colwell. They want him for the, the the latest bid is forty million for him. So we would be if, if this deal were to get done, it's expecting Colwell plus forty million for Caicedo. Um, it Colwell Colwell apparently is untouchable. We can we can yep. maybe mention talk. We can quickly like mention that aspect of it, but the Caicedo side, it it's very likely that once all these Saudi deals go through. Kai Havertz deal goes through everything. We're probably going to go hard and and end up getting him. Um, it's looking more likely that Declan Rice is going to Arsenal. It's it's not looking likely that they sign both. Um, so I think it's it's a uh, uh, as far as like how confident I am that this deal is going to get done. Probably like a 90, 95. Yeah, yeah. Not you know like the Ugarte deal. I was never very confident in, but this one is. It looks like it's only a matter of the, time. The other dominoes are falling to where like we are the one team that's serious right now and still approaching him. He has that gentleman's agreement. Brighton has signed a shit ton of center mids already, which is wild. 
Like they have Mah- Mahmoud, Dahoud, uh, oh, James yeah. Milner. They, they they're loading up in midfield. Yeah. A- and Milner too. So like they're getting oh, yeah. players in. And these guys again, are fucking good business every fucking deal, man. Yeah. And so Cole will, Cole will, the, the big thing with him is he wanted minutes assured. Well, we just sold Koulibaly. We're most likely selling Chalabar, loaning him at least for a year. Like Cole will is a priority for Potch. Like we are not selling that dude whatsoever. So I think we will finally beat Brighton at their own game and get Caicedo without giving up too much. Agreed. <laughs> Beat them at their own game by paying them eighty million dollars for a player that they paid ten million for a couple They're years. They're not going to get the hundred and twenty. In what world is a twenty-one-year-old Ecuadorian worth as much as a twenty-one-year-old English center back? Yeah, well, I and mean, how much? How often is uh, Mark Cucurella worth seventy million? They, <laughs> they fucked us over once before. Listen, they could Mark fuck Kukurea us over again with this. They... Just Mark Cucurella is winning. Seen his wife? You seen his hair? <laughs> he's, got, he's got the dread or he's got the braids. This guy's he's got living it all. free. I think. I think wait, on. was it you, Andres, who said that it, it was it was the hair was the problem? Cuckoo for like, Cucurea, baby. That's what he's now thinking, he's, man. Yeah. Again, we've said this before. He has the potential to turn things around. He has one year to turn things around before Ian Matson kicks him to the curb. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I think I think we could wrap up this episode. That was a good good chat, and I'm really excited about this draft. Um, so I think I want to get that started. Um, so please uh, go ahead and check out that episode. We'll be dropping it same time as this one. Um, and if you don't already, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, Blues on Parade po- or Blues on Parade mm-hmm. um, on Twitter and. Until the next episode, which hopefully you guys will listen to the next five minutes, uh, keep the blue flag flying high.